This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishers are generally good citizens. At least that's our experience. Fly fishers care about conservation, they have good stream etiquette, and they respect other anglers on the river. Maybe that's because fly fishing requires patience and a level of skill that the slobs just don't have time to acquire. But occasionally we'll run into an inconsiderate fly fisher, a jerk who makes the fishing more difficult or frustrating or miserable for the next fly fisher. Today we're going to tell you what inconsiderate fly fishers do so that you won't be that guy or that girl. <laughs> and of course, Steve and I have never been inconsiderate <laughs> or even jerk-like. Oh, that's Just right. Just ask our wives. Oh, that's right. I We're... should ask your wife, Pris. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my wife don't. is. <laughs> my wife is an introvert, so she never fully says what's on her mind. And... Uh, <laughs> But I've gotten those evil eyes before. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. And probably there's some fly fishers out there. Maybe we've uh, rubbed them the wrong way, too, because we've done something not uh, so considerate ourselves. So, uh, Dave, what are some of the things that, uh, in your experience, that you've seen inconsiderate fly fishers do? Well, the big one recently was wade fishing with a dog. Oh, I hate that. So... I've been trolling through Twitter and every so often somebody will talk about, you know, should you fly fish with your dog? I'm thinking, seriously, (laughs) should you fly fish with your dog? And last summer, my son Corey and I went to, um, to the Driftless in the, on the Minnesota side, on the Southwestern side or the Western side of the Mississippi. And it was during really the peak of fly fishing season or the summer, uh, time of fly fishing season. And we were having a hard time finding a a spring creek without a lot of fly fishers. So we finally, you know, found a creek that didn't seem to be overfished. And as we were working upstream, a fly fisher comes down with his dog. And so not only was the fly fisher walking through the holes, of course, the runs, the dog was running through the runs. So I, I just turned to my son and said, Corey, we're done. And the guy wanted to chat with us and talked about his dog. And I just, Corey, let's turn around and go back because they had just walked downstream. And so the next, you know, two, 300 yards or 400 yards, half mile was basically, um, you know, ruined. The runs yeah. were ruined. You had the dog yeah. and the dog was walking right through the run as we turned this bend in the river. So yeah. wade fishing with your dog to me yeah. is so unbelievably rude that's right so inconsiderate now i want to make this clear you're a dog lover right oh yeah Yeah, absolutely i love dogs yeah you you have a dog i have a hunting dog if i said this and and a fat hunting dog yeah if my family was listening to this podcast they would just blame it on my love-hate relationship with our our dogs so you really don't like dogs well yeah i kind of do but i I really get annoyed with uh, certain things (laughs) i gotta tell you this one time when we when we lived in Montana, we had this black lab whom uh, uh, my son Ben affectionately named Blackie. That we, we let him name that the dog, so oh, that was great. his creative name. But but this dog was uh, 
you know, the thing that annoyed me was when we pulled into the garage, we also had a couple cats, and sometimes the cats would get on the hood of our of our uh, minivan, and I just that just drove me crazy. So one time I pulled in, and and it was winter, and you know how the you know the, the water drips off the the snow that's on your car. Well, there was a really thin sheet of ice that I didn't see, and I pull in, and the cats on the hood of the van. Well, then I look, and our black lab is sitting in the driver's seat of our minivan looking at me one of the family members obviously didn't shut the van door i was so mad i raced around and i slipped on this ice and i sprained my ankle so i go crawling into our you know from the garage i go crawling by my fly tying bench and i go crawling into the kitchen and my daughter's reading the paper she didn't even see me and then my wife sees me and my other daughter well they ran back to the bedroom i didn't realize why but they it's because they were laughing at me and i was in such pain so yeah so that, that's my something like that always so happens you have a little bit of an aversion dogs. to dogs yeah that's right we have a fat golden retriever you, yeah she and is. uh she's she chubby is. yeah she yeah. it's a she right. yeah zoe we call her well she is zoe but if she sees that bird drop she'll go and get it but uh <laughs> wade fishing with your dog leave the dog at home yeah that's and, right uh, so you you heard it from dave who is a dog lover this I am is a dog not lover. A, this is not an anti-dog rant okay so leave your is, dog at home that's right okay so that's the first thing all right what's the next one steve something else that inconsiderate fly fishers do is they disturb the run that after they fish it for, ah. for no reason uh I, I mean i've seen guys we were we were waiting one time to get into our honey hole and uh, this guy was kind of fishing through it and then when he finally quit what does he do he walks right through the middle that's of the just thing unbelievable walks on the reds i mean we knew there were spawners in there and i i wanted to uh you know cast my fly and uh you know snag his vest or something that would have really been inconsiderate so i didn't do that uh, but uh, I, I've I've seen guys too when they're done they'll they'll throw rocks or skip rocks it's like you know dude you're not the only person that might want to fish that run today but also why would you ever want to walk through a run yeah I unnecessarily know it. yeah I know it I don't know all right so the next one is an obvious one but it's also it's a judgment call so the next one is inconsiderate fly fishers tend to race to a run of someone else or try to crowd another fly fisher yeah. uh, whether you're weight fishing or in a drift boat but i think yep. and it, it's a judgment call right so i think there's this sense in which if you're fly fishing and you're in a run and you see somebody moving to a run ahead of you and you move up quickly because you have time to do so i think that's rude i mean yeah. isn't that rude it is yeah go way around them you know give them that next run or even two runs and and go up above them well this actually reminds me of a story last fall uh i spent two weeks with my father in north dakota my family mom and dad in north dakota uh hunting hunting pheasants hunting grouse hunting uh ducks and geese one morning we were uh setting out deeks we had watched where the geese were feeding uh the day before and so we got up really early and set out uh into this field to put out some deeks some decoys and just as we were turning into the field there was another truck that was pulled in and so apparently this truck had also gotten permission from the farmer and we had kind of blanket permission from this farmer and this guy did not know that and he also didn't know who was all in our truck oh wow so as we pulled up alongside of him like he's <laughs> parked waiting for his other team and we're going to go into the field as we parked up and because 
part went up and talked to him. And there was room for really two sets of decoys in there. In fact, it would have actually benefited um, the other hunting party. Mm -hmm. But he was so rude to us and so inconsiderate and just bad-mouthed us and basically threatened us. And in that moment, he didn't realize that in the truck was another farmer who was hunting with us. And this guy was had always asked to hunt on that guy's land. So this guy didn't even know that in the truck, in the back seat, was a farmer on whose land he wanted to hunt and hunted in the past. And as we drove off, we said, yeah, we're not going to fight it. We could, mm-hmm. you know, we could say this is our field, but we said, no, let's leave. Let's be considerate. But the farmer said, yeah, next time you ask to hunt on my land, you, you think I'm going to say yes? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So... The point simply is, is, you know, this idea of racing ahead or trying to get ahead, it just doesn't benefit you or benefit anyone else or the industry itself. No, it really doesn't. And like you said, Dave, it's, there's some judgment calls. There's no rule book that I know that says you, you have to give a fly fisher 100 yards or you have to give them two runs, you know, up river from where they're at. But yeah, a lot of it is, is common sense and, uh, yeah, just just trying to do to others what you would hope they would would do to you. That's a that's a great guide. Well, you and I tend to avoid uh, streams where there are lots of fly right. fishers, so we just simply avoid it altogether. Yep. And if there's someone there, we'll go up another mile, not just another run. We'll go up another mile. I mean, it's one exactly. reason you and I don't fish to Gallatin. Yeah. If you're out in Montana in late July and early August or mid August, it's the peak time of of uh, vacationers. And if you walk, you know, drive. What's that highway? going down by yeah, 91. 91. Yeah, 91. It's just packed with uh, fly fishers. Yep. And uh, it's almost elbow to elbow yep. all the way down the valley. Right inside Yellowstone National Park, uh, there's a couple of unmarked roads where you could turn off and fish the pretty legendary, the barn pools that, uh, you know, in the fall, a lot of browns stack up in those. And and I, I was there once, but it, it's kind of fish like a steelhead run. Some, you know, fly fishers will will we'll work their way through it. It's kind of like you get in line for that. And I think, well, at least they have it figured out. At least they're being courteous. But yeah, I, I really don't want any part of that. I'm I'm like you. We, we prefer uh, places where there are not as many other fly fishers. So maybe that's why we haven't had confrontations. It's not that we're so, uh, so unselfish. I mean, really, I am selfish. That's why I go up another mile. But, yeah. uh, but at least it avoids some conflict. So what do you fish when you are, was it salmon? that you're fishing up near Milwaukee? Yes. Uh-huh. So during the season when they're running, it's often, isn't it elbow to elbow? You know, I suppose it is. I always try to hit that midweek. And so uh, there, there were other fly fishers out and probably some um, spin fishers too, but it really wasn't too bad. In fact, there you you simply find a, a place and you, you kind of wait. If, if the fish are moving up, you know, it's a different pot of fish every 10 minutes, right. but, but it can happen there. That's true. Okay, what's another uh, inconsiderate uh, action of fly fishers? Boy, another one is litter. Now, again, I think fly fishers seem to, for the most part, they're really uh, sensitive conservationists. They're not going to be the ones throwing trash. But I'm, I'm surprised. I, I've talked about this before. I was fishing last fall on the Owyhee River in eastern Oregon, not far from where my in-laws live, and uh, uh, just a, a great, uh, great tailwater section and. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I was kind of dismayed. There were a couple places where uh, there were, you know, there were beer cans and Oreo wrappers and, you know, just stuff thrown around. I was like, come on, why, why can't you pick that up? That really uh, ruins the, uh, you know, it ruins not only the aesthetic, you know, yeah, beauty absolutely. for the next fly fisher, but it, it's not good either for the land. And and I have to remind myself again, I'm I'm the the hurry up, you know, person that Dave calls me the ADD fly fisher. And <laughs> and sometimes, man, if I switch leaders, boy, it's it's tempting to uh, uh, just drop that leader because nobody's going to see it. It's nope. clear. And, yep. But I, I really try hard. No, I'm going to stuff that thing in in my uh, you know in my fly vest uh, because that's just part of good etiquette. Okay, another inconsiderate thing that fly fishers do is share false information. Come on, you can tell me where you're catching those fish, or at least tell me what you're catching them on. You know, I don't think I've ever done this where I've deliberately lied and misdirected someone who's asked yeah. me specific something you, specific. You've probably done that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having a rotten afternoon. Yeah, yeah. keep keep going upstream, Steve. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I yeah. always my thing is about with in terms of sharing information, um, whether it's the kind of flies that are working, is that if I'm not catching fish, it's because of my presentation. It's not because of the actual fly I'm using. And I realize that's not always true, but it's kind of my first go-to. If I'm not catching fish, it's because I can't cast a dead drift to save my life, right? Yeah. You know, I find I'm eager to share information. It's probably because I'm too proud. <laughs> you know, one of those great days come along, and I, I want to play the role of the expert. So. What was that... Uh who is that uh, fly fisher from West Yellowstone that had that book? And he tells about fly fishers coming in and they tell everyone comes in throughout the day oh, yeah. with a different fly. Right. It was their special fly. I think Bud Lilly. It was Bud Lilly, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And he writes about how every fly was yes. special. Well, yes, that's right. You know, when they're hitting, they're hitting everything. Yeah. Sometimes, right? So, But there is, we've talked before about that fly fishing fraternity and, you know, really, why, why should this be a, a competition? We ought to be helping each other out. I think that's one of the great things about the sport. Something else that uh, inconsiderate fly fishers do is they leave dead rattlesnakes along the trail <laughs> to scare other fly fishers. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you this story. I mean, Dave remembers that we were uh, fly fishing in the bear trap, and I knew that a friend of mine named Stan had uh, had gone into fly fish, and, and he even, you know, we we're always conscious that the first couple hundred yards... Yeah, there's lots of rattlesnakes. Yeah, from that warm spring access you've got to be careful and so anyway we walked in and we fished and, and we had talked to Stan and knew that he was in there and I remember he he left before we did so on the way out we're, we're walking along we're about what 150 200 yards from the parking lot and we're just walking along the trail and I look down and I mean <laughs> three inches to the right of my boot is this rattlesnake that's coiled <laughs> up and before I had time to have a heart attack I realized the head was cut off and I knew that was Stan's like oh you did that to me so oh, awesome. yeah so there's a tip uh, inconsiderate fly fishers are, are the ones who leave the dead rattlesnakes so here here's another thing it just hit me about inconsiderate fly fishers so when it's 20 degrees it's let's say March 28th and the wind is whipping and you've brought a full thermos of hot chocolate and the other guy did not bring that, and yet he feels... <laughs> 
like he should be able to have half of your hot chocolate. That's an inconsiderate fly fisher. That sounds like bitterness on your part. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you were better at sharing your hot chocolate, you know, then you wouldn't whine about it. Well, now I, I just bring coffee because you don't yeah. drink coffee. So I know. You know, speaking of inconsiderate, it's the, maybe they're not fly fishers, but it's the inner tube hatch that's it's on the lower Madison oh in, in the summer. That that's a sight to see people floating down with you know with their coolers and uh, you know just little kids and families floating down on inner tubes probably oblivious to the fact that there's rattlesnakes lining the banks but uh, and it makes fishing at least with a guide and a drift boat almost impossible <laughs> yeah it does and we, we avoid that stretch and, and most people do in the summer anyway not just because of the inner tube hatch but because it's uh, it's really too warm to, to fish it'd be too much pressure on the, the fish at that point Dave what are some other things Maybe these are some things that are not just downright inconsiderate, but they're not really helpful. You don't have to be extremely helpful to other fly fishers. You just can't be inconsiderate. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't give away all your secrets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've got to give, if you're a fly fisher, you've got to give the other fly fisher a little bit of sugar, right? Yeah, that's I mean, right. Uh, you know, you got to tell them exactly, you know, you know, you can point them in the general direction. I remember Fan Creek a couple years ago, people asked us after we went up to Fan Creek because they'd always heard of Fan Creek, which is in Yellowstone Park. And, uh, you know, Steve and I decided to take an afternoon and hike up, it was a couple miles and and it wasn't that great. But, mm-hmm. um, but when people asked us about it, they go, oh yeah, I've thought about Fan Creek before. Mm-hmm. What was it like? We were honest. Mm-hmm. Now the day we weren't there, but there's some great runs yeah. so you don't have to tell them specific things but right. to give them a little bit of sugar i yeah. think that's just again part yeah. of the fraternity and we may or may not have encouraged some fly fishers to start fishing about a half mile up above our favorite run you know around that next bend <laughs> we've we've heard it's really good there exactly <laughs> well, and I, I have heard that yeah. <laughs> so uh, technically I'm, I'm being truthful <laughs> Uh, yeah. But there are days, aren't there, where we feel like we've struck out. Someone got yeah, to our run first. Yeah, someone got to our run first, and that's just kind of the nature of uh, a fly fishing. And often, even in that moment, sometimes we'll stop and we'll go, okay, now where? And we'll, it forces us to find new waters to fly fish. And that's not a bad thing, because for you and me, that's one of the things that we keep as a high priority, which is yeah. we always want to be looking for new waters, new waters to fly yeah. fish. So that's a good point, Dave. You know, when we think about being inconsiderate, we're always thinking about the other guy. You know, in the, my, the definition we may work with is that inconsiderate is the other person who's in our way as if we own the river. But the fact is we don't. Yeah. And and we have to be we have to practice being considerate if we expect others to do that as well. All right, that will do it for today. What else do inconsiderate fly fishers do? Well, please tell us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What should you avoid doing so that you're not that guy or that gal? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed on your mobile phone or tablet. Each week, we publish a new episode of the podcast. We also publish one new article each week. And by the way, many of our listeners download an app called Podcasts, and which you can find in your app store. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.